those. Well, today um, we're looking at in Christ, Christ in you, you in Christ. So we, we, it's a hard concept, I think, to the scriptures. Therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone is in Christ. So Christ in you, the hope of glory, we are in Christ. Now, every one of us are here in our clothes. Okay, we can all agree at that, right? Yeah. Everyone is here with, you know, in your clothes, okay? So your body is in your clothes, all right? Now, take it one step forward. You, as a person, and everything that is alive in you is in your body. Your body is a perishable commodity. <laughs> you know... I think one person said that, you know, it used to be the average body was worth about 100 bucks. Well, now someone did the, you know, the cells and the, you know, organs and the transplants and all that kind of stuff. You're worth about a million. And then, of course, some of us are worth a little more, but uh, size, you know. <laughs> so we, we are looking at this, and, and, and you think about, like, we do this, I do this in, uh, well, do this at funerals, and, and, you know, when people are, making you know thinking well what happens when you die well everything in life of us everything that is life in us goes to heaven so there is a part of us just like we as a body are in our clothes we as a person and life are in our body now the bible says that your your body is the temple of the holy spirit so this body that we live in is a temple of God. So here we are as a person making decisions about our body that, you know, the person, you know, the person inside of us is deciding how we're going to use or abuse our body. So we then are, as you are in your body, I get that part there, remember that you as a person are also in Christ. And that in Christ, we are living stones. We are living, uh, we are part of the body of Christ. One of the stories or illustrations is that, you know, we are like stones in a structure. And, and that we are living stones. You know, Paul, Paul puts it there, or Peter, one of them guys. Uh, and Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the one who holds it all in place. So when we think about this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So we are in Christ. Christ is in us. Now, we can't see him. Just like it's hard for us to imagine that we are not our body. And our body is not us. But yet we are our body and our body is us. We go figure that one out, all right? The, the, uh, the idea is that when we are alive, you know, um, <laughs> there's a number of stories that, that, um, that I remember that go along with this, is that um, uh, one person says, you know, I feel, like a pe I feel like a rose and all my petals have been plucked. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like my body is betraying me. I don't feel old. My body feels old, but I don't feel old. These are ways that we're looking at that in our body and our, our person are understanding that they're not the same. 
I may be old as I look in the mirror, but I'm still young at heart. So what, what's going on there is that people unknowingly are, uh, are speaking about this difference, this separation. Now, we believe that when someone dies, everything that is life in them goes to heaven. When Stephen was stoned and uh, he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father waiting for him, Paul observes this. And later on, he writes, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that whenever they were wondering what happens to these people when they die and Jesus hasn't returned, the people were wondering, had they missed Christ and are they dead and gone and are, you know, they have no hope? It's no, no, no. In Christ, we are made alive. We are alive forever in him. So if we can imagine for a moment that this person you are really you are an occupying you are occupying the space the form of the of a, of a, and this um body now we can't switch you know there's been movies on that switched you know <laughs> yeah they had a great time with that the, the 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 life of one person goes into the body of the other and the body life of one person goes in the other and well, you know they're you know you know or big that was a movie too where he grew up and he didn't grow up you know, anyhow, <laughs> we see that there are places where people are wanting to know about out-of-body experiences, where people, you know, they apparently leave the body and come back. Well, in, in an operating room, and a person is a Christian, and they, they see God, and God says, it's not your time, you come back, so people come back. We don't believe in this transcendental meditation or spirit guides that lead people out of their bodies and take them on celestial travels. That is demonic. <laughs> that is not godly. Those are not angels of heaven. Those are deceiving angels of light that will deceive and destroy. But that's a different story. So, what we're, what we're looking at here is that we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Now, we think about how the, the Scripture says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. How do we have such power? How do we have such an anointing on our life? It's because this person who is alive in us, this person, me, who is alive in me, is, is having and hearing the knowledge of God's word. And the knowledge of God's word is, I am a new creation. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. God, by his spirit, creates in me this new person. And now it's still me, <laughs> But yet, I have my sins are forgiven. My past is, my past is uh, the failures of my past are wiped away. That in Christ, I have this relationship with him that he is never so far, as the way, uh, far away as to be just near us. That in, while I am in him, he is in me. That I am part of the body of Christ. We are part of the greater body of Christ, which surrounds, you know, surround the world. When those who are in heaven, uh, we are part of them. And Abraham, who is still living in heaven, we are part, we're part of this, this magnificent church, this magnificent body of Christ, my magnificent body that God has put together. So we see all these things, and it speaks to us. It's like, maybe I sit around and think too much, huh? <laughs> you know? But, the idea is, therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The very moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we instantly become a new creation. We have a new ambition. We have a new heart. We have new direction. We're not out to, to, we're not out to uh, hopefully we don't become angry and frustrated and we find that we have a new purpose. Our new purpose is to live for God. And Christ is the one who birthed that inside of us. He brought that alive. Nicodemus, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he says uh, to Nicodemus, you know, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? <laughs> And Jesus said, what is born of the flesh is flesh, but what is born of the spirit is spirit. So even in an adult who was a religious leader in Israel, didn't understand this whole thing of new birth, of a change, of the person on the inside having new direction and a new purpose. You see, the promises of God are renewed every day. That God's blessing that he wants to put upon, bring into our life is, is presented to us. And we as a person, like dinner, <laughs> we're consuming it. Our body consumes food. Like what well, was the cone heads, mass quantities of food, you know. So those who remember that. Okay, you know. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. It was a TV show. Not a really good one, but it was, it was a TV show. Uh, but we were, you know, the body craves food. I like ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this body person likes ice cream. My body doesn't like ice cream. It gets too fat. But, uh, but my spirit man craves Christ. The spirit person inside of us desires God. We were created with the desire for spiritual things. That's why there's so many cults and so many, you know, uh, things, you know, that are evil going around, is that it, it isn't a sickness. It is the desire of a person for spiritual, for the spiritual things. What happens is, in Christ, we find the how that God fits. There's a, uh, as it were, a secret key, a, a, a special shape that fits only, only the, the, the Spirit of God inside of us. And all these other things that are spiritual things that are not of God, people are shoving in there trying to make their spirit man happy or satisfied. And it doesn't work because it doesn't fit. Christ is the only person, spiritual being, that can fit the spiritual person inside of us. And when that spiritual person fits, hmm, I am born again. <laughs> I am forgiven. I now have a divine purpose for living. And now, does it all show up in one day? No. <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes a lifetime to find it. And sometimes it happens in a moment. I always, um, when I think of Rachel, our, our daughter, you know, she knew that she was going to be a special needs teacher in what, second grade? Third grade? Needs, yeah. You know, she was with a special needs person, and that per special needs person was her, became her best friend. She took care of her and things like that. Rachel knew from second grade she was going to go to college and she was going to be a special needs teacher. Our son David, 
he hadn't a clue. <laughs> he went to college because he said he needed to. <laughs> and he got to college and he existed. <laughs> you know? He, you know and, but he was very bright. He just couldn't figure out what he was supposed to do. And finally, we got to the point, you know, this epiphany moment in which Dad said, you either choose a career or you get out. You know, it was an epiphany, you know. <laughs> so what did he do? I, he says, I don't know what I want to do. I says, pick your two best subjects and graduate. <laughs> so his two best subjects were biblical studies and art. And then he met Jenny, and suddenly he becomes a genius. <laughs> you know? The professor says, wow, we need to nominate you for the student of whatever, whatever. And the guy went, what's that? Student of a department, you know, because he was so brilliant and had such high grades. And then the guy, professor, looked back over his school years and he says, boy, you, just, you didn't show up till this year, did you? <laughs> so, but, you know, but he found, and then... He still didn't know where he was going. They still didn't know what they were going to do. He got married, and Jenny had a friend that was in the wedding, and she was in El Salvador with her husband, and David and Jenny went to El Salvador to visit for six weeks. They've been there 10, 12 years working with that, with that same group. So he didn't find what he wanted. In fact, he didn't even know what he wanted. He just went there to visit, and he found that calling. You see, God has a way of, of bringing things about, and some of us are, you know, we just know that this is what we're supposed to do, and that's it, you know? Others are just finding and filling in, the, you know, putting in time, but yet understanding that God is in control, so we are in Christ. In Christ... In him, we have our life. God is at work in all things. All things work, fit together in Christ. So we're doing our best to be focused on serving God. We're doing our best to see how that God is at work. And we take the scriptures and we, we allow the scriptures to become part of that spiritual man. We cannot manipulate God. God will not manipulate us but he will lead us, and he will take us step by step. And our physical man, this person that thinks and reasons and touches and loves and forgives, I didn't say about hatred and bitterness and anger. No, we don't do that. See, we have this person who loves and forgives and is desiring God's best, and we keep doing the right things for the right reasons. We find ourselves sometimes plodding along, just doing, but we're doing the right things. We're saying the right things. We forgive. We don't hold grudges. We open doors for people. We help people feel comfortable in very uncomfortable places because God's Spirit is abiding in us. So, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you see, His peace fills our heart. The peace of God which passes understanding, meaning that my understanding should tell me I'm not at peace. <laughs> My understanding tells me that this is a mess. I need to be upset. <laughs> My understanding says it'll never work. But you see, we live by a different principle. We don't, we don't uh, pretend this doesn't exist. We know that it exists, but we also know that the spirit man says to us, 
pray, to believe, to accept the peace of God, to understand that God is at work in all things, even though we can't see it, we believe it. You see, we, we, we are not capable of, excuse me, so the person who pretends to know everything actually knows very little. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know. And it's like selling our house. I don't know what's going to happen. But that doesn't mean it's not right. But we're, just see, we're going to see what happens. And, and in our lives, it's a step of faith that our physical man says one thing and our spiritual man says, you know, let's do this. So as we look at this, you see, everything in your life doesn't change instantly whenever we say, God, take care of this. You know, hey, you know. <laughs> Um, I remember one guy we asked him, he says, would you like to pray for the meal? He says, sure. Hey, let's eat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, God understood what I meant. You know, hey, you up there, bless this. Amen, let's eat, you know. Uh, sometimes we, we, we have this concept of God. And, and, and I think most people have a problem with God is because they don't understand him. We have these bits and pieces of religion and scripture and crazy people and we put them all together and say wow that's a really weird god and that's not it's god isn't weird at all he's very loving he's very gracious he's very forgiving he you know he wants to bless us he wants to bestow his blessing upon our lives and he wants us to be recipients of this he wants us to be recipients of his blessing now, how many people like to be blessed? All right, so you know, the rest of you, I don't know. But how many of you like to be blessed? We like to be blessed. Guess what? God enjoys blessing us, blessing you. He enjoys it. God gets a kick out of being good to his kids. So how did we ever come up with this idea that we have to pour me, woe is me, God, God is good, God is great, hope I don't die before too late you know you know we we look at these things and we have God wants to bless us now but we have responsibilities with the blessing and so on but if therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation new creation old things pass away old concepts <laughs> old beliefs non-beliefs <laughs> Old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. Everything has a newness about it. I mean, like new cars. I love new cars. I like new things, right? Why? It just smells new. Anybody ever done that? You get in a car and you go, smells new. Yeah, don't, you know, don't drive it around. And you know, those air freshener commercials, you know. I like that air freshener commercial where the, the, the lady's in there driving her car and, uh, and, and whenever she, you know, she, she smells these odors and it's like she's got the whole football team in her back. <laughs> it stinks, you know. You ever been in a football locker room after about the second week of practice? <laughs> you cannot imagine how it stinks. <laughs> 
the locker room where the football players, they haven't taken their stuff home. I remember the coach got into a huddle once with us, and he, go, and he went to tell us something. He goes, oh, my gosh. He says, he backed out of the huddle. He says, you guys get those things clean. <laughs> go home and wash them, you know. We didn't smell anything, you know. <laughs> Remember this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You see, new things are that our old way of nature, and our old way, our old nature says, you know, cram, concede, hold, give. But our new nature means to take what we have and share it. Take who we are and, and give it away. Take the things that are of value and see how that they and give value to others. Now, you don't give, it's not saying sell everything you got and give to the poor. It's not saying that at all. It's saying for us to share what's important, what people need at the moment. My mom, <laughs> uh, I remember back when I was a kid, very few things I remember, but when I was writing this, I thought of my mother Whenever she came in one day, my dad was in the hospital. He almost died from some infection that he had. And in those days, um, you know, they didn't have all the antibiotics that we have today. And I, I think he was in the hospital almost three weeks. And if you can imagine a dairy farm and a coal miner being absent for three weeks. And the field was prepared for sowing uh, hay, you know, for hay. And my mom... <laughs> We had one of these broadcaster spreaders. You put it over your shoulders, and you had a bag, and you filled it up with hayseed, and you walked through the field and cranked. I think my mom did about a 10-acre field, and she walked it. <laughs> and she said, later on, that field came in. It was the thickest, heaviest hay we would ever have. My mom was saying, she was so proud. She says, I did that. <laughs> you know, I planted lots of seed in that field and she prayed over the whole field as she planted it. And she was very generous with the seed that she was planting. And there was a, that field had a very thick <laughs> hay field, head of hair, had a very thick hay field. And so whenever we look at the, the, gener the generosity of our, of our hearts, we are generous with our compliments. We're generous with our smile. We're generous with that which is of importance to us that we think really is not that important. But you see, we are in Christ, and Christ in us is the smile, is the presence, is the peace, is the strength of God that you are giving to people. And it's not some magic formula. It is a simple formula of love those who are unlovable, forgive those who need forgiveness, Help those who are in need. You know, it's, it's not an IQ test. <laughs> it's a, an act of compassion from our heart. And, and the compassion of our heart is based on Christ in us. <laughs> See, Christ is in us. And what, you know, Mother Teresa in, in Calcutta, you know, uh, she's made a saint, but... We look at it, I look at it, there was one of our missionaries that we knew was with her one day in, in Calcutta. 
And he said as they were walking down the streets, she looked into a, into a doorway and she says, oh, there's Jesus. And she, wo- she goes over to this dying man in the doorway and she sits down with him and, and puts his head upon her lap and prays for him and strokes him until he dies. And she says, oh, this, that was Jesus. <laughs> then another one, oh, this is... She saw Jesus in every person and went there to comfort them. Because as Jesus was in the garden and he told his disciples, you, you need to pray. And he says, you can't even wait. You can't even pray with me for a couple hours. Your flesh is willing, but your, your, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And sometimes it's our flesh that gets in the way of our understanding of the spirit that God wants to do and give. And so he wants us to, to give, to be gracious in our planting of seed. You must, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. You see, it isn't, it, you don't give out of want or out of necessity. You don't give out of reluctance or, or guilt or pressure. You give because it's of your heart. And if, you know, if God wants you to give a dime, then you give a dime. If you give a dollar, you give a dollar. You know, sometimes just paying it forward, buying someone's meal at the restaurant or giving a, a child, a parent, a dollar to give to the child. You don't give the child a buck. You think you're some weirdo. But, <laughs> but you give to the parent to give to the child. And, you know, something to bless them. And it, it doesn't have to be much. It can be a quarter. It can be a dime. It can be a, a smile. My, aren't you beautiful? You know, sometimes you see these little girls, they're dressed in these um, costumes. <laughs> um, what's the one? Frozen, you know, that, that co- you know, the little girl and they're dressed like that. What's that? Like a princess. And, you know, and you walk by them and you say, what a stupid thing to be wearing a princess costume on a day like this. <laughs> no, what a lovely thing. She's pretending she's a princess. And someone says to her, my, don't you look like a princess today? You think that child's going to blow up with, wow, I'm wonderful. You know, and God looks at us and says, you know what? You look like a princess today. You look like a king today. You look like you can handle the world today. You look like you're going to make it. You know, God's going to help you and you're going to make this. That is the new creation in us wanting to instill grace and mercy into someone's life. Freely you have received, freely give. This is the freedom of our understanding that our, what we have is temporary. Everything we have is temporary. Even the moment of touching a person's life Influencing a person's life that we've never met before is just the momentary encounter in which you can give something to them that will stay with them a lifetime. You see, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. (laughs) Think of that. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. I never thought of that. Oh, you know, I, I know we went to the store and we had to buy the seed. And we had to buy this. And, and, and I thought of that, the guy that we met that farms 6,000 acres up in South Dakota. How much seed does he have to buy to plant 6,000 acres? How much fertilizer does he have to buy to plant 6,000? 
thousand acres. And how much faith does he have to have that it's all going to grow? <laughs> and that he's going to be able to get it all out of the ground or get it harvested? And that he'll have enough to pay all of the bills of putting it together and the rental of land and the buying of equipment and on and on. It's, God is the one who gives us the seed. And what seed do we possess? Do we have enough seed to share with somebody in need? And somebody in need might just need your encouragement, your phone call, your support, that you can give something from your heart and your life because Christ is in you. You are in him. And the two of us are going to make a difference in this world we live in. And, it, and, and if we just, like, look at, how am I going to feed 5,000 men? Well, God, I got five flat pancakes and two sardines. Me and the kid are taken care of. I don't know about the rest of you, you know. And Jesus says, let me bless this. Whenever we think we don't have enough, we need to just sit down and say, thank you, God. I have enough. Because what I have is all that I need to share with somebody else. Hmm. For you see, God is in you. You are in Christ. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do this on your own. We can't do this on our own. We need to be connected to the source. And Jesus is the, our source. His spirit is in us. We are in him. We are connected in him. And the life, the life of God is flowing through us and through our, through our lives and through the, our, our words and through our deeds. And, and the life of God and the love of God and the forgiveness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God are continually being lived out through us. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I in you, I in you, <laughs> I in you, you in me. You see, in you, in Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? So what are we going to do? We're going to take the seed that we got and we're going to ask God to bless it. <laughs> and we're going to ask God to use it. And, we're going to ha and, and there'll be enough seed to plant our, our, our acreage. Uh, there'll be enough seed to plant for our vineyard. And God will give an abundance of the harvest. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> Abide in me. <laughs> And you can ask what you will. Ask what you will. And it'll be done. You see, God, here we are. <laughs> hey, God, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> we didn't have to get his attention. He already was here. <laughs> he already is here. So God is here, and he wants us to pull out our bag of seed, <laughs> you know, our bag of seed of love, forgiveness, kindness, graciousness, mercy. Pull that all out and say, hey, God, it's very little here. And I've been running short on kindness. 
I've been running a little short on uh, forgiveness. <laughs> I've been a little running a little short on loving <laughs> and a little, a little big on anger. And God, take the seed of your word and multiply it. <laughs> multiply it. Multiply it in me to meet the need of those whom I meet who need a little seed from your spirit, a seed of encouragement, a seed of you can do this, <laughs> a seed that you can make this. And that's not just a fleshly encouragement. It is a spiritual admonition and a spiritual prayer. Jesus, thank you for hearing us, knowing our needs. <laughs> God, always being more willing to give to us than we are to receive. I pray your blessing upon our lives. I pray your blessing upon the seeds, O oh Lord, that you have in our spirit. Help us, O oh God, to see your hand. God, may we, and we thank you for blessing us and blessing the seed of our lives, your seed, O oh God, in us as we give it to others. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Go eat. <laughs>